This is Bill Messerly with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, bringing you a weekly faith dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus for the 20th week of Ordinary Time. Boy, time is flying. Bishop Brennan desires to share with us the joy of the gospel and the splendor of truth, and to encourage us to live and to share the gospel in our lives. Welcome, Your Excellency. It has been a busy life for much of us, but especially for you. Oh, well, yes, it's been busy, but it's busy for all of us, and actually it's nice to be busy, isn't it? It is. It's kind of getting back into the swing of things, uh, along with a few masks and uh, some distancing. Last week you were on air and did a Facebook Live to announce with uh, Adam DeFault from the superintendent of the Catholic schools that the Catholic schools will be opening, and of course each school will have its own um, way of doing so. Some will do a hybrid of part in classroom, part at home. Others will be in school all the all the time. Uh, what an exciting announcement for our community. It's been well received. How did you like um, kind of mash, uh, kind of uh, talking about and preparing for that announcement? It was great. Um, well, first of all, it was great to be up at the studio with St. Gabriel again. As, um, <laughs> as you know, we have uh, St. Gabriel Radio set up sort of a mini studio in my own office. So that's rather convenient, but it is nice to be on site. St. Gabriel works so well. So uh, it was good to be together, and it was good to uh, talk with Adam DeFault, the uh, superintendent of schools here for the Diocese of Columbus. Um, you had the studio set up pretty well with the uh, proper social distancing and uh, and protections. You had that plexiglass divider, mm-hmm. and uh, and and it was good. It was hopeful to be able to talk about a hope-filled future together. To talk a little bit about the opening of the school year and how we're going to approach it. We all know that we have to figure out how to live with this virus that's present around us. We can't get away from that. And so um, to be a little bit positive thinking and to be moving forward together, um, for me, that's very energizing. So uh, it was nice to talk about the beginnings of the school and the precautions that we're taking. You know, we learned a lot last year with the uh, closing of the buildings, so we learned a lot about online education and how we can deliver that, but the teachers and the principals and the school office, they never really took a summer break this year. Individuals may have taken a few days here and there, but they worked double time, really trying to come up with a plan because they want our schools to be very safe and healthy places, so that's that's a key thing. We want to make sure that we're providing an environment that is safe and healthy uh, for the learning process. We want it to be healthy and safe for our children, healthy and safe for the faculty, healthy and safe for all those who are involved in the building. Um, But then secondly, we wanted to look at how we provide a quality educational experience for all possibilities. Um, Obviously, education is more than uh, book learning or computer learning, so we wanted to have a opportunity to talk about um, that education of the whole person and, um, and and our Catholic identity and the sharing of values and living those values. So we are aiming toward a full open. Each school is adapting that according to its own um, ability based on space, based on the ability to keep it clean and safe, 
based on the numbers of students. So they're all coming up with the custom-made plans. And I think one of the things that's important is we're trying as best as we can to offer choices to parents. Mm. So many of our schools are, uh, are streaming, if you will, mm-hmm. the classes. And we want to make sure we can do that in a way that's safe, in a way that protects people's privacy. Um, it's, it, there are a lot of fine lines, a lot of tight ropes to be walked here. And I have to tell you, the uh, office, the faculty, the pastors, um, the principals, everybody has been really engaged, working hard with that desire to do the best that we can for our students. You know, we'll see what happens when we actually open, but um, that's the goal, to do the best that we can, whatever that will be for our students. And then you made a trip to Lancaster on Friday. Indeed, indeed. This weekend we celebrated the Feast of the um, Assumption of Mary, one of the great feasts of the Church, really, the grounding of our hope. Where Mary has gone, we hope to be one day. Where Mary is already there, body and soul, never facing the corruption of death, in heaven, fully with God. We, too, hope to be reunited, body and soul, in heaven one day, with God, just like Mary. Um, She went straight there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, We're hoping that our journey will will bring us close to God um, in the life of eternity in heaven. And so our grounding for our hope, it's not like in an illusion, but it's in the Blessed Mother's assumption. We see that Jesus' resurrection means life for us, and that's a big deal. So, uh, so yes, on Friday, I was in Lancaster at St. Mary of the Assumption Church for their feast day to close out their bicentennial year. Isn't that something? 200 years mm. as a parish. Amazing, isn't it? It really is. When you think about it, 200 years ago, 1820, what has happened here in central Ohio over those 200 years? Last year I was there for their, uh, their, their, the beginning of the bicentennial, and I, we were looking back over history and thinking, wow, how many people prayed in this particular church or in the church that preceded it? The church that's there is pretty old. It was built during the Civil War. How many people came through there praying in times of struggle mm. in times of thanksgiving in times of war as their young men were off fighting in the civil war or two world wars how many families found a home there and uh, encountered jesus christ so we were looking back and then thinking about how um how this church how this parish has been a haven a, a great place for Many, many people through the generations. And so this week we closed it, and now we look forward. Mm. And um, you had uh, mentioned in your homily and at Lancaster St. Mary's of the Assumption uh, a quote from a parent of a priest, a young priest. Yes, um, one of our, one of the, the father of one of our priests. He, we, we, we were talking about this time of, of the pandemic, and... Uh, you know, some of the difficulties, but also some of the blessings in, in the way that um, we've really had to adapt to the challenges. And this father of one of our priests, he said, you know, it seems like we had to learn how to be the church more than just to go to church. Mm-hmm. So indeed, going to church is so very important, and it was awful when we were deprived of that because of this pandemic, because of the safety issues. But um, 
but we're more, you know, um, actually Archbishop Gomez once said, you know, the church never closed. The buildings closed for a while, but the church never, we, 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 we had to work at being the church. How, to, how do we bring Christ to others in the spirit of Pope Francis? That's what Pope Francis has been talking about since 2013. How do we be the church? How do we bring Christ out into the community and invite people in, search out the lost, seek those who are hurting or struggling, and try to engage them with the helping hands of Jesus Christ. So we had to find new ways to do that. And um, as tough as these days were, that is one of the blessings, that we, we struggled and we found ways that we should can be the presence of Christ, the church, to one another. Now, we need... Now, to go to church so that we can have that strength, that ability. But the challenge now is to continue to learn and to live that. So as St. Mary's, for example, is looking forward, moving forward after celebrating 200 years, they're doing so in a way of trying to be the church, um, to, to, to bring Christ, in, in the case of St. Mary's, into the streets of Lancaster, into the communities, for all of us, into each of our communities, to be the, the hands of Jesus Christ. You know, when you, you talk about bringing the hands of Jesus Christ uh, to our own families, our own communities, um, there's a realness about that, and there's a realness to the reading again this Sunday. Uh, but the woman came, uh, the Canaanite woman came to Jesus and did him homage, saying, Lord, help me. Yes, you know, the week before I spoke about St. Peter on the water, and I said St. Peter taught us a very short prayer, a three-word prayer, Lord, help me. And we hear that prayer repeated just a few verses later, um, in uh, maybe a chapter later or so, but in the Gospel of Matthew, this time from the lips of the Canaanite woman. And it's interesting, you know, it's her daughter who's sick, but she's suffering so much because she identifies with her daughter's suffering that she's, she doesn't say, Lord, help her, Lord, help me. She's so identified with her daughter. But there it is, that beautiful prayer. Lord, help me in whatever's going on. Um, and it's not trying to um, maneuver Jesus or trying to say that we something we earn. You know, just before that passage, the Pharisees and the scribes were challenging Jesus um, on some of the... Uh, purification laws and uh, fasting laws and all of that. And and it's really the simple, humble prayer, Lord, help me. You know, Peter wasn't sinking. When he was sinking, he didn't yell out, Lord, you know, I'm going to be your first pope, so uh, you got to help me. No, <laughs> he wasn't reasoning. It was just, Lord, help me. And that prayer says so much, doesn't it? It says everything. It says, I trust you. It says, I need you. It says, I turn to you. I surrender to you. And um, the Canaanite woman, in a spirit of humility and with deep, deep love for her child, just turned to Jesus and said, Lord, help me. Um, I think when we feel ourselves overwhelmed or when we're even just trying to pray and we feel that we can't pray, that three-word prayer says a lot. Lord, help me. If you, if you can't say anything else, just say that. Lord, help me. And when we come to our Lord uh, with humility, um, we come to him in prayer. We come to him uh, and praise him. 
There is, uh, speaking of prayer, a contemplative order coming to our diocese very soon. Yes, indeed. I, um, I'm happy to announce that um, on, on the Feast of the Assumption, it became public that um, the Dominican nuns of the Perpetual Rosary, they're a contemplative religious order, they're a cloistered community, and they had been previously in uh, Buffalo uh, for some time now. Be, um, they, they've been looking to relocate, and beginning September 1st, I am happy to tell you that we will have a cloistered community of Dominican nuns right here in the Diocese of Columbus and talk about a real powerhouse of prayer. So this is really very big news. We, you know, we're very blessed here in the Diocese of Columbus um, with a number of religious communities, some of them very, very well established, like the, uh, the Dominican Sisters of Peace or the Franciscan uh, Stellan, uh, Sisters of Stella Niagara. There are some um, wonderful orders of, of sisters, um, even now, the Franciscans out in Zanesville, the Good Shepherds who founded the, the hospitals, and then newer orders who have come, and they're doing all kinds of different works. But, you know, this is something new, something different, a different charism. The word nun actually refers to a cloistered sister. Um, the, so usually we, refer, we call nuns in a very general term, but we're speaking very much of a cloistered community. Now, they're going to establish a monastery. They're going to arrive here and live over at the uh, St. Peter and Paul Retreat House for a short time until they can get their um, their feet on the ground and decide what they want to do. Um, they, they'll, they, they'll be building a monastery here in this area. We will look at, at several possible sites with them. And... Uh, and they'll be eventually they'll be able they'll be supporting themselves um, in that monastic uh, tradition of women religious, but they are going to be such a powerhouse, a real powerhouse of um, uh, of prayer for us here in the diocese. Michael Warsaw, the CEO of uh, EWTN, once um, was on our radio station and. Um, he had used the phrase that the cloistered nuns in um, in Alabama were the boiler room for all of EWTN. Those prayers were the engine that ran everything. And I think you're looking at uh, this in, in, in the same way here in the Diocese of Columbus with the Dominican nuns of the Perpetual Rosary. Indeed, indeed. They'll be praying for us, um, and boy, do we need those prayers. They'll be praying for all of our families. They'll be praying for us as a diocese, as a church. They'll be praying for for vocations, um, and uh, oh, you can be sure I'll be asking for their prayers <laughs> myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of prayer, Bishop Brennan, could you uh, close uh, our uh, session here with a blessing and a prayer for our listeners? Indeed, and um, really, I invite all of you, you, I invite you please, as, as you listen today, would you offer your, in your heart a prayer for the Dominican sisters as they, uh, they prepare to arrive? You have to imagine, um, when you live in an enclosure for many, many years, many, many years, and you've stayed within that enclosure, this is a major, major upheaval. Um, and so please, I ask you, in the charity of your heart, would you please pray for them, pray for this effort, pray for all of our religious, uh, um, asking God to bless them and the good things they do for us. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to the Weekly Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for the 20th week of Ordinary Time. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.